What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo, back with another episode of Up in Flames. Today, I got another special guest. His name is Zach Noble, the host of the Four Seasons Podcast. Um, Zach, I want to get straight into it. I'm going to let you tell yourself about us and things like that, what you do and, and everything that you got going on. So go ahead, bro. I'm going to leave the floor to you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I'm just a podcaster for Ball is Life. Um, honestly, the main one I got is Four Seasons for SDNS. Been doing that for about three and a half years now, but um, just getting started and rolling uh, with a new show. Uh, it's called The Noble and Rouge Show. So it's going to be very similar to Four Seasons, just a different partner that I'm going to be collaborating with and trying to grow something else on the side. So um, mainly it's just talking about what's current. We talk about history a little bit, and we get a lot of great guests. That's kind of our thing. Um, we pride ourselves on our guests. We've had 50-plus current players and then 150 um, just great guests overall. Yeah, man, that that's pretty cool. So speaking of your guests, you just recently had um, Troy Brown from the Washington Wizards. So I just I, I was able to listen to it, but I kind of want to ask you about that because basically you were able to have a guest who's inside the bubble. So so what was that having a conversation like that with a guy inside the bubble? How was that? Yeah, Troy amongst uh, we just had Nasir Little and then uh, I'm forgetting uh, oh James Ennis of the Magic. So. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple guys in the bubble now. Uh, it's been different, I mean, because they've all have different experiences. Some like to stay indoors and just uh, game up on in their room alone and in their kind of shell in their zone, I guess, and don't like to do all the little reindeer games, as I like to call them, playing right. pool, going golfing, or uh, just random things that you see guys doing in the, in the courtyard of the hotel and the resorts, and then... Uh, guys that are actually there and trying to do something on the side um, and really promote um, whether it's a business they're trying to grow or else like a foundation be a big part of uh, the social justice movement and really trying to make a huge impact there um, whether it's just off the court or um, something foundationally that they're trying to do um, as an individual uh, so it's been pretty interesting as for troy brown it, it, it's cool because he's starting a vlog uh, a video blogger and uh, it's called blogging in the bubble and he's really passionate about that as a 20 year old kid and it's just fun seeing him getting a chance to showcase his his skills that way and outside of the basketball court yeah man that, that's that's real cool just to be able to talk to multiple guys inside the bubble um so basically you know with with the bubble going on the nba had his first full weekend return of basketball so what are your thoughts how do you think the NBA did as far as a good job of being able to keep these guys in a bubble and, and zero positive tests for the coronavirus I mean that number says it all yeah I mean it can't get any better than that but honestly these guys got a great lifestyle I mean outside of not being with their family and friends I mean basically understanding they made up for that tenfold previously uh, by having this occur they got to spend more time with their friends and family than they've ever had in their 
their basketball livelihood. So um, they should be used to this by now, but being, I mean, fully pampered and having more at their fingertips than ever, I mean, there, there shouldn't be any complaints, and that's the greatest thing about the players we've had on our show. They, they're all very grateful uh, for the opportunity, and none of them are really complaining. Uh, it does stink. You don't have, a, like, even a slightest, remotest chance to go talk to a family member if you're struggling mentally or in need or something bad happens. I mean, you can't talk to them face-to-face, but... I mean, that's why we got technology these days. I mean, it's way easier to stay in touch. But um, as for the Encore product, I, I'm i elated. Like, I watching the last few days, I've kind of been thinking to myself, I mean, is it just me or do these guys actually look faster and more bouncy? Yeah, they, they look so, in great shape. I will say that. They're looking tip-top. Like, outside of Zion right now, these guys are moving great. Um, honestly, but uh, I think I blame the Pelicans for not having them in shape as much. I mean, when your PT is inconsistent right now, and um, yeah, he just looked really, really slow, even though he made a huge impact tonight. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, the gameplay, I mean, the game style, the all of the above, the performances, I mean, Guys are coming out of the woodwork, and, I mean, the competition is fierce. And we haven't had too many bad games and blowouts. I mean, everybody's playing for a reason outside of the Wizards right now. Everybody's got a chance. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that been the one thing for me is I just think the NBA did a great job of, of keeping everybody isolated. Um, we were afraid of what it would look like with no fans. And so, ultimately, I think they did a great job with having the background noise of fans the virtual fans i think the virtual fans is a little corny but ultimately like these guys are used to playing in front of fans used to playing in front of faces um even being able to play music more often than they typically would in the middle of the game i think it's pretty cool just because like other than fans guys listen to music pre-game so so they get pumped up based off of music and things like that so kind of expanded on the motivating factors in the game um, so speaking no, of, with, you know, I'm with you, man. Yeah. So speaking of You're it being point. tough, I, I'm with you. It pisses me off too. The fans, the fake shit. It really pisses me off too. Like gets under my skin a bit, but yeah. honestly, if it doesn't frustrate and irritate the players at all, I'm all for it. Like it doesn't sound like it's getting at them at all. Right. Exactly. And, um, so speaking of you mentioning, these guys can't get outside the bubble. That's the whole point of the bubble. You don't really have outside contact. Well, Lou Williams didn't follow that rule in the greatest aspect. Um, I understand he was attending the funeral of a of a family member or close to the family, so practically a family member. But what are your thoughts on Lou Williams and kind of breaking his point of he left for a funeral and ends up getting chicken wings at a strip club? I mean... That's ultimately what it was. People are trying to say, well, the, the wing spot, the food spot is open. He went to go get wings at a strip club. So what do you think about that? I mean, it's only a problem because he got caught, right? I yeah. mean, as bad as that sounds, I mean, <laughs> he was careless. And he wasn't thinking about those type of things. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a good look at all. I mean, his team needs him right now, even though they're playing great without him. I mean, they if they were losing, it'd be a – much bigger deal, I think. But in the big scheme of things, I mean, he's just resting a little more. And these guys, really, I don't think the seating matters really at all if you're a playoff team. I really don't because 
nobody has home court advantage. I mean, what are they what are they doing right now to really give you a home court advantage? There isn't one. So honestly, they could go a zero and eight and get Montrez and him back, and that's going to make a world's difference. So outside of just not being the greatest teammate and being there for his teammates, and I I think these guys forgive Luke because they know overall. I mean, he's he seems like an awesome guy and a professional, a true pro's pro. He wants to be in the league 15 years now, if that was the case. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. Um, you know, there was just a lot of criticism, as there's always going to be when a guy does make a mistake. They're going to kind of blow it out the water. And, you know, the biggest hit was like, oh, well, the Clippers already don't seem like they're as invested as the Lakers in Milwaukee based off scrimmages, which, you know, that's typically what people do is I think they overreact on all situations. They started judging teams based off these scrimmages that meant nothing. Their star players were playing maybe 20 minutes at the max. And I just think, like you said, it's just bad because he got caught. If Lou Williams, had, ne- <laughs> if that picture had never went on Instagram, we would have had no idea that, he went home for a funeral and went out to have some chicken wings at a strip joint, and it, and it wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, maybe his teammates would have found out it would have been an in-house situation, but because he hung hung out with an up-and-coming rapper who has a hot song and things like that, and he posted it on his Instagram story, it became a big deal because everybody's like, this guy is supposed to be in the bubble. He left the bubble for a family emergency. What are you doing at a strip club? So, you know, I'm pretty sure a few of these guys that, that are not in the bubble right now I'm sure they're doing hanging out and maybe not doing that, but to that extreme, but they're hanging out, being around people. I mean, once they're outside the bubble, I, I hope the expectation isn't that you go home, you sit in your room, you, you take care of your family emergency, and then you come back, quarantine, sit in your room again, and then get ready to play basketball. These guys are regular human right. beings too, and, and that's my biggest thing is that they, we hold them to such a higher standard, but ultimately they're no different than you and me. They, they have a different platform. They're, they're bigger. But their thought process and their mentality, I think they're no different than you and I. You give me a chance to get outside the bubble and do something I'm not supposed to do, I probably will do it in hopes of I won't get caught. So. Fair, fair. Let me ask you, do you know about this, like, rapper? I mean, have you listened to any of this stuff? Um, that I put him on blast. Um, I'm not – I haven't heard him much. I have no idea if he's any good. So I've heard one song. Um, you know, in today's music, that's the biggest thing. I've heard one song. It's called What's Poppin'. Today's music, all it takes is for you to make one song to be on the scene. I think he'll right. probably ultimately become a one-hit wonder. And that was another thing was like, Lou Will is a rapper himself. He's hung out with big-time ballers, rappers. Um, you know, he's he's caught himself at parties with Jay-Z. They say he throws, Lou Williams throws some of the craziest parties in the offseason. So I'm kind of surprised oh, okay. he was hanging with a small-time guy like this, which... Ultimately, hey, there's probably not too many people hanging out during the quarantine, so you kind of got to party and get in where you fit in. There you go. So, I want to get into I want to get into the main focus, which is the NBA. We talked as far as just life in the bubble and things like that. So, through the first weekend, like you said, we've had some great games, not too many blowouts. Um, there were teams that were getting blown out the door, but I want to talk about who has impressed you the most whether it's a player or team, like who have been some of the most impressive players or teams in this bubble through the first four to five days? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I got to give a shout out to TJ Warren. Uh, both ends of the court, I mean, his defense is always very underrated. 
Um, it's just his offensive game and the fact that he's rebounding like a mother. <laughs> the dude, dude had 11 rebounds tonight, and I think he had, I mean, eight plus the other day, four assists today, 37, 11, and four, uh, 50 piece the other night. He's he's a well-rounded player, and he's becoming a super important part of that team. And it's like he's just slowly pushing uh, Victor Oladipo, and these guys. I want to see these guys at a hundred percent because with what TJ Warren's doing right now, bring if Victor can ever get back to what he was last year, add in Malcolm Brogdon and Domas. Oh my goodness! Like I think they they have a squad. Like I think they're a true contender if everybody plays at their peak. But I don't know if we're ever going to get Oladipo back at his peak anytime soon. Uh, injuries and, yeah, I, I, we're definitely not going to see the Pacers at full mass this year. Um, outside of them, uh, MPG, MPJ tonight, Michael Porter Jr. was yeah. really awesome at 37. Uh, that was kind of out of out of nowhere. I mean, we were waiting for him to explode, uh, but he hasn't. And finally did it. Well, he finally got his opportunity. I knew it was going to come as soon as he got his opportunity and I mean they, they gave him his time and so no Gary Harris no Jamal Murray I mean somebody had to put up points that was pretty cool uh that Rockets win last night was phenomenal yeah that was that was definitely a great W <laughs> every single bookmaker out there I mean it was I think 80% of all bets were on the Bucks last night nobody was giving the Rockets a chance and he deed up Giannis. I don't care whatever you say his stat line was. I mean, I know he had it was pretty gaudy and fine, but when it mattered, they they locked him down. I mean, I think he was like, I don't know, it was like three for ten or something while Harden was guarding him. I mean, Harden did an amazing job on him and just put a body to him and Roko PJ Tucker. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that that was my favorite. That was my favorite experience of the bubble so far, watching the Rockets dismantle Giannis and just they slowed him down as a shell. I mean, they weren't they weren't the Rockets weren't even playing a hundred percent because I mean they were getting some bad whistles. I mean, could have shot a little better. I yeah. don't know where are you at with that. Yeah, they they definitely could have. Um, I was very I've been very impressed with the Rockets. Um, you know, with the with the game they had against the Mavericks. The flat-out shootout, zero defense, um, it kind of lowered my expectation, and I would have bet on Milwaukee also if I was going to get into the betting game for that game. So for the Rockets to come in and outplay Milwaukee, to me, was big time, you know, especially with Giannis being their Milwaukee's best player, obviously, arguably a best player in the league right now, and him being six foot eleven, seven feet, you know, the Rockets' tallest starter is what, Robert Covington at 6'9", so, you know, with them running yeah. that small ball and having to match up against Milwaukee, I was kind of hesitant on thinking, but Houston is also a great regular season team. And to come into the bubble with two energetic guys like James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I think that's to me what makes a big difference and why Houston through two games has looked very impressive is because ultimately right now it's who's bringing the energy, who wants it more until everybody settles in 100% to the situation, which I think won't happen close until about game six or seven, right? When we're about to round up and see who's playing in the playoffs. But just to have guys who are going to come with energy and bring it every night, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You know, Westbrook's a very energetic guy. He's going to give you 110% every night, no matter the circumstance. If, if he's healthy, he's going to give it all. And Harden, we know what the offensive machine he is. 
you know, one of the greatest scores of this generation easily. You know, he may even go down as one of the greatest scores of all time. So never. You don't, you don't think so? No, ever. I just said it. Ever. Oh yeah. I mean, he's top five already all time. I mean, he, I think he's literally the most underrated player of all time, just because people don't like his game style, and I mean, they they get sick of the fact he's so good at drawing fouls, but. What they don't understand is how good of a defender he really is. Like, I think he's an all-defensive guy um, 70% of the time. I mean, he maybe even higher than that. But, like, this Rockets defense, I'm a person that gives people credit versus taking away credit right. uh, more often than not. Um, I like to give it out no matter, I mean, who it is when we're talking about things. But um, I, I feel like I can pinpoint flaws as well, but I'm, I'm more about giving out credit. I mean, the Rockets, I think the reason why they won that game is strictly off steals, 15 to 6. I mean, yeah. 15s, Harden alone, Harden alone had six steals in that game. Uh, I mean, it turned into fast break points. It turned into just a lot more three-pointers. They shot 61 threes in that game versus the box shooting only 35. Uh, <laughs> the, the pace of the game was pretty incredible from that side of things. Uh but, yeah, you're right. It, it is all energy. I mean, the Rockets, I mean, they, they paced their, their energy and spaced it out well, and, I mean, they brought it um, from tip to done. I mean, it, it happened. Yeah, most most definitely. So, we're talking about <clears throat> who's been the most impressive to you. Who's been who, – who's who surprised you at how bad they've played? Like I said, players or teams, like – Who's been the worst? Like, who who came in and you had high expectations for and they didn't meet the expectations, if anybody? Hmm. Trying to think. I mean, right now, I mean, Memphis is slowing down. I mean, they, I mean, it's not surprising me, though. I mean, they're, they're putting up staff lines. They're players, <laughs> I mean, they're playing hard. They're not playing terrible. Uh, but the Mavericks, I mean, not finishing up the Suns last night without Devin Booker to finish, that was really shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the Mavericks were going to run away with that. I mean, they were up they were up like 13 at a point, maybe even higher than that. But uh, Devin Booker followed out with like four minutes to go, and they just hung on. And I mean, part of it's because Luka passed open a wide-open layup to finish the game with four seconds to go. And then they th- he threw it out for a deep look that was just awful. It was one of the worst decisions I've seen out of Luca. Um, he's due for some bad decisions, though. He's very, made very few, even though you can really nitpick him in the crunch time. He's not very good there yet, right. um, which is understandable. I mean, he's young players. Let's let's take him as strides. I mean, he's went from being really good rookie to an MVP candidate, like a legit MVP candidate, and. They can be the great, I mean, arguably offensive rating-wise, they're on pace to be the greatest offense of all time just from an offensive rating standpoint. Right. And that's for the whole entire game up until the last four minutes. Who cares what they are in crunch time if they're up 20 points? I mean, up 10 points half the time, and that's where they've been. But honestly, outside of that, the Buddy Heald, there we go. There we go. Buddy Heald shocked me. He's been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's one guy that comes to mind. I mean, outside of that, I can't really. I mean, Blazers were bad in crunch time last night. I don't know. You got anybody to add to that? 
Um, <clears throat> it's actually shocking who's kind of disappointed me. But I think LeBron James has come up short in this through this first weekend. And I think yep, for the expectation yep, of having LeBron, I think he's just came up short and he's been disappointed. Um, the Clippers game, to me, he played bad. Uh, ultimately, when it counted, he made the game-winning shot, strapped down and played defense when it when it counted. So you kind of look away from his bad shooting night. But then against the Raptors, like, he didn't come to play. Um, and you know, LeBron kind of plays this. It's chess, not checkers. So we expect LeBron to come out guns blazing, and he plays the mental game. And with them being so far secured in first place, but I will say he's kind of disappointed me a little bit. I just I think I have high expectations on a consistent basis. For LeBron and for him not to come in the bubble as hungry so far as I thought he would, I think he was disappointed. I think another team that's disappointed me is the Pelicans. I think they've been a little disappointing through the weekend. Um, Great win tonight. Great win tonight. It, it was a solid win tonight, but I just think the handling of Zion is ultimately why oh, the Pelicans. Yeah, that's why they're kind of disappointing to me. Is like you're playing them 15, that's 17 it. minutes a night. I think yes, he's shown he's out of shape. Uh, most definitely, even in tonight's game, there was a point in time where he couldn't even get back on defense. He was that tired. But to not close the game, like to not have him in their first game to close the game, like you could have won that game. I understand it's a minutes restriction, but you're fighting for a playoff spot. You're not in the fourth or fifth seed and know yeah. that you're going to go to the playoffs regardless. You're fighting for a playoff spot and you're on the outside looking in. So I think there should just be a little more aggressiveness from Alvin Gentry, especially at the end of a game. Like if you have the chance to win the game, you might just have to turn the minutes out and and go ahead and play him those last two minutes. Um, obviously he's a rookie. We don't know if he's a great closer or whatever, but he makes a big impact on the game. And so he's not the greatest defender. That's been another thing. Is Zion doesn't really play great defense, just in my eyes of what I've seen from him. He can block shots. He's an exciting defender when he gets, you know, almost LeBron James. Like, yeah, he'll get a chase down block, but on ball defender. He's probably not going to shut down too many people. And that's been LeBron as of late as he's gotten older. You know, he's kind of shot away from the defensive end of the floor. Mm. But I do think that, that Alvin Gentry's coaching has been disappointing with how he handled the Pelicans and, and not having Zion in the last two minutes because Zion's going to make that impact. Ultimately, and I think they win the game, I'm pretty sure most of us Hoop fans would assume that they were going to win that game with Zion um, ultimately being in the, the game those last two minutes. But those those are kind of the two that have disappointed me a little bit. Um, so I want to get into... Yeah, real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. I, I'm, with you. I'm with you completely, but you can't be in game shape if you're not getting played. I mean, they played them 15 minutes the first game. Uh, you got to just play. You got to play through it. I mean, he promised J.J. Redick he was going to give it his all. I mean, that yeah. was, yeah. It, he's even rolling his eyes on the bench. I'm not blaming Zion because I don't know what Zion's side of it. I do know they're been limiting him, um, and they're being as cognitive, treating him like the face of the league, which they're, that whole NBA is trying to do with this guy. But, yeah, I, I'm not happy about it. That's a, that's a great one. LeBron, there's he's got to take over a little more. I mean, he's been doing this all year. I mean, that's because Anthony Davis has been incredible. I mean, Anthony Davis has been on an absolute tear all year, so LeBron's had arguably his best teammate ever to rely on. So LeBron's been going more to Magic Johnson and a Steve Nash-type role more and more this year and the better Anthony Davis gets the better Kyle Kuzma gets the more comfortable they get with the supporting cast as well relying on Caruso guys like that I mean he's just deciding to not drive not 
take full of just he's passing everything. He's trying to get as many as assists he can. I, I mean, it's fun to watch. It's different. You can see this guy evolve, but he's not. He's, he's costing them a lot too because he's taking away so much potential. And yeah, yeah. I mean, losing to the Raptors by 15. And it's not a good look giving this team like the Raptors a lot more confidence. That's 11 straight losses to the Raptors overall to the Lakers. So, other last guy I'm going to add to this is Rudy Gobert. He's been awful. The Jazz hasn't looked good. Yeah, he he actually has. And, you know, I guess, like, you know, Rudy Gobert was a guy that that you felt like doesn't look that great. And LeBron has kind of been a little disappointing. And they're they're actually playing each other right now. So, that's definitely, definitely a game to watch. So with MVP, um, you know, I think it's a two-headed race. There's other MVP-worthy candidates. I think it's a two-headed race between LeBron and Giannis. Or maybe you don't think it's a race at all. How, how do you feel about the MVP no. conversation? It's a debate starting at two through, like, five, sure. But, I mean, Giannis has had this thing locked up. I mean, if we didn't only have eight games left uh, and the Bucks didn't win the first one, I mean, they're both one on one right now. It'll, it'll, the only chance LeBron would have had is if the Bucks would have kept losing and the Lakers just keep on winning. And that line, I mean, LeBron, like we just said, all the reasons why he's ready knocked himself out the first couple of games. It wasn't in attack mode, he was in the pass mode and just trying to get his teammates more confidence and get involved, which isn't sure. I mean, if he's playing on attack and come playoff time, it's not a terrible look. Maybe he's going to surprises and take over when he needs to and he'll be ready for that but um at the same time we're assessing what he's doing right now you right. know it, and right now it's not working uh, but no this this race has been over for a while Giannis I mean it's been historical on both ends of the ball uh not yeah I I, I don't really it's I, I if you got a good debate I, I'm open to listening but I haven't heard one yet yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm a LeBron guy. Um, I think what is he, what he's done has been very impressive. And I've been real solid on that LeBron is an MVP candidate. But then starting to, be, to mm-hmm. be able, starting this podcast thing and being able to talk to guys with a lot of knowledge that's around the game, I'm starting to be like, okay, I'm understanding where they're coming from, that it's Giannis and it's not even close. Uh, Giannis won MVP last year and only improved this year. I think the knock on Giannis is looking ahead into the future. Oh, we don't, or looking too far back in the past. Like, well, we afraid he shouldn't be MVP. The argument for guys who are real strong on LeBron is he shouldn't be MVP. Look what he did against Kawhi Leonard last year. But MVP is a regular season award. So take everything out. And it's ultimately a regular season award. You can't penalize him this regular season for his performance against Kawhi Leonard in the, uh, the playoffs of last year. So, that's kind of been the biggest knock, and that seems like the direction a lot of LeBron fans has gone. And I will just say, I do think he, you know, two through five is an argument. You have uh, LeBron, Luka. I value Chris Paul a lot. I think Chris Paul is kind of underrated yeah, this year, and that's kind of crazy to say for, you know, a 16-year vet like Chris Paul, 15, 16 years in the league, that he's now it's becoming safe. underrated. But what he did for OKC this year to me is immaculate. Like, I don't think that... We thought OKC would even be in the playoffs. And for them to right. be as great as they've been and for him to play the way he did, like, I don't think we had high expectations for him at OKC because there was a point in time when he got there that we thought he'd be traded. We, You know, possibly there were Lakers rumors, Heat rumors. That was my kind of my thing with Chris Paul. He didn't seem happy. 
So I thought he was kind of going to run his way out of OKC. And instead, he embraced it. And ultimately, it succeeded. I think OKC, regardless of what happens from here on out, I think OKC had a very successful season. Um, Gilgis Alexander showed a lot of improvement. And that's big on me. Yeah. Is they, they have a bright future with being young and then a vet like Chris Paul leading the way. Um, do you think Chris Paul has been impressive or... Oh, I'm a huge I'm a huge Chris Paul guy too. It's been phenomenal. Just the fact that he's embraced this role uh, with arms wide open, and on top of that, I mean, I, if you threw Chris Paul in at number five on the MVP list, I'd be completely fine with it. I mean, his stat line and what he's done has almost been as impressive as like uh, Steve Nash's second MVP year, which yeah. is a wild take, but I, I truly believe that and. In fact, I mean, with the guys around him, the, how much better he's made Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, yeah, and he's just both ends of the court easily. And teams the top, I don't know, top 12 defense or what have you. Uh, they might be able to win a round in the playoffs, depending on the matchup. But I, I've always been a guy that really wants Chris Paul to have a chance to win. Uh, never felt like he's been on a team to win it. So... It's it's tough for me to watch this. I mean, I, I do love. I'm a big fan of him and Shay, but at the same time, I just don't want him wasting his career being on a team that's just fighting to win the first round. You know, right? Which that's why I thought we may end up seeing him with the Lakers. You know, there was when the rumors came about. Oh, it makes sense. You know, LeBron likes to try and get his guys with him, and you know he's part of the banana boat crew or or whatnot. So. I definitely thought that there was a chance. And when he stuck it out, I was like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. I still thought lottery pick easily. Probably, you know, I thought they might be a top five lottery pick. Um, and to me, they've exceeded all expectations because there weren't any for OKC. So are there any other teams? Like, I think a lot of people think that the championship race is a three-headed race between the Lakers, Clippers, and Milwaukee. Um, a lot of guys I've been able to talk to, that's kind of where they go with it. So my thing is, I'm a Heat fan, so I like to throw mm. my Heat, not necessarily in the championship. Like, I don't think we'll win the championship. Yeah. I think if there was a prime time for us to win, it'd be now while everything is very irregular. But I don't think we can win yeah. the championship. I think we can be very scary to a team like Milwaukee. So outside of those three teams, is there any other team that you could see ultimately winning this thing? Yeah, honestly... I'm not ready to go there winning it, but I think they have a chance to make it there. I think the Raptors and Celtics could both make it there. I, On paper, I want to say that Sixers, Ken, if they ever figured it out, I just, they haven't shown me any signs in months. And so, yeah. I mean, Embiid's 41-21 and 21 performance the other night. I mean, that was beautiful. But, I mean, him and Shake Milton getting after it, I mean, there's a lot of skepticism to be had. Um only other team I'm willing to add to that mix right now is is the Rockets. But they literally got to play like they did yesterday, like nonstop, making teams look like that, and just really they weren't adapting. They're were just playing their game and playing the peak of their defensive power. That's what we're seeing right now. Um, and I don't know if it's because the Bucks weren't giving it their all. I, I think they were. I really want to believe that. They also didn't have Eric Bledsoe though, and they were missing. Uh, one other player, or Pat Connaughton. So two guys that mean a little bit to them. Eric Bledsoe means quite a bit. Right. Uh, but at the same time, Eric Bledsoe sucks in the playoffs. So <laughs> yeah. who knows? We'll, we'll see with that one. 
but I've always been much higher on the Rockets. I've always, I've always said the Rockets have never underachieved in the playoffs, and I've always believed this to a T. Like, but the only the only way they keep that streak alive of not underachieving is if they lose to either the Lakers or the Clippers. If they lose to anybody else, they're underachieving in my estimation. It's acceptable to lose to those two. It's not acceptable to lose to anybody else. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, like I said, you know, with me being a Heat fan, I just kind of throw the Heat in there, and I think we have a chance to shock somebody. I think our biggest, me personally, I think the Heat's biggest mismatches in the Eastern Conference is the Raptors and Celtics. Um, just the way yeah. we've played Milwaukee, the two games that we that we played against Milwaukee, we won both games. And just the way we matched up against them, I think, you know, we have a lot of bodies to throw at Greek Freak and things like that. But I'm just not sure we can beat the Raptors and Celtics. Uh, the Raptors were semi, I'm, I'm going to say semi-dominant for most of the game until towards the end today against the Heat. Yeah. Um, and the Celtics, they're young, they're energetic. Also, they have Jason Tatum, who's a borderline superstar, will be superstar status within the next year or two. And that's kind of my thing is we don't have that guy. The improvement of Bam out of bio has been great. Um, Jimmy Butler is like a high-end all-star. I don't think he'll, he ever was or will reach superstar status. If he hasn't already, I no. don't think he will. And he's kind of underachieved for me with the Heat. He made us a lot better, but it was just part of me with Jimmy Butler is like he played a lot better than me last year with Philly. He still has an impact on the game. To, that's just to me of just what I, I'm able to okay. see. It's different culture. I mean, it, the thing I will always stand by Jimmy Butler, like the dude adapts to any situation and does whatever the team needs and demands of him at all times. Like the dude's one of the most adaptable player and all he does is translate to winning. Like there's nothing a player or a human can ever be. I mean, be better than being adaptable in all circumstances, just being able to be great in any situation. Like, Jimmy Butler has never really underachieved. I mean, unless you're expecting this guy to keep getting better, yeah, he's reached the top of his pinnacle, but it's not like he's not trying to get better. He just doesn't have the natural talent and gift. You can tell everything is just earned by him, you know? Like, his body, he doesn't have great hops, doesn't have great athleticism by any means, but this dude is just a grinder. I mean, obviously, he'll tell us about it day in and day out. I I, I want to know what you think, why the Heat aren't just popping off the table. To me, I think it's because Jimmy Butler isn't throwing up a bunch of 30-point games like he can. I think he can, but he's adapted to the situation, and I think he's doing what He's playing the way he's playing because he thinks that's what's best for the team. And, I mean, it's worked out. They've been great because of it. But is the team going to be better if Jimmy gets to become more, a little more selfish? Yeah, um, that's kind of that, that's what it is for me. And that's why I think everybody is like, they, they respect the Heat. They think the Heat could, could make a run. But I think if, if Jimmy Butler was having more consistent, like 30-point games, kind of, his Chicago Bulls days where he could just take over. Now, granted, Jimmy Butler is a great player, high-end all-star. He's a dog, and he does fit the Heat culture. I just thought on the offensive end, with us not really having anybody who's independently great on the offensive end, I figured Jimmy Butler was going to come in and average 26 to 28 points a game. I don't think, even with him averaging 20, it works because the improvement of Bam Adebayo, um, the great shooting of, of uh, Mitchell Robinson, or not Mitchell Robinson, my fault, Duncan Robinson, 
and things like that is ultimately right. been very successful. Um, Tyler Hero playing solid as a rookie. Kendrick Nunn playing as a top five rookie of the year candidate has been big time for us. And that's kind of how the Heat have always been is they take a lot of no-name guys and create a culture with it. Uh, I don't want to say always because we did have Wade and LeBron and things like that. But once without when we had Wade, it was kind of Wade and a bunch of misfits. Wade and a lot of old-school vets that won a championship with Shaq. But then, you know, right. even after that, when Wade, when Shaq left, it was Wade and kind of just a bunch of guys that just ultimately fit the culture. I think Eric Spolstra deserves more credit than he gets as far as being a great coach. But that's just, they don't pop to me because Jimmy Butler isn't popping as like the takeover score. He has it in him. We've seen it. And that's kind of what I meant with Philly is like Philly had a lot of problems last year, but Jimmy Butler prevailed every time and, and he showed up big and had those 30 point games. And that's kind of what I've been waiting on with Jimmy Butler all years to just take over these games. But like you said, maybe we won't be better that way with Jimmy Butler. Maybe this is the best version of us right. with Jimmy Butler taking that step back. Because I, I personally believe, I mean, Jimmy's averaging a career high in assists. I mean, it's been incredible, the distributor, and just the fit he's been on this team. Those Duncan, Goron doesn't have the resurgence. Tyler Hero doesn't come out of nowhere. Even Bam, I just, I credit all of that, honestly, to the unselfishness of Jimmy Butler. Like, if, he, if he's Jimmy Butler going for that 26 points per game, I don't know, maybe they win five to ten less games, and their ceiling isn't nearly as high because we're not maximizing all these players. I just, I truly don't think Jimmy has it. I don't think he's that type of player to be able to go out there and average that many points and still make players around him better. I just don't think that's who Jimmy Butler is. Where like Kawhi Leonard, that's the difference between there's a Jimmy level and then there's a Kawhi Leonard level that Kawhi added passing and playmaking to his game this year, a, a skill set he's never really had up until this year. And he's made players around him better by doing so. And that's what makes Kawhi Leonard better because he's just better everywhere else. And then when he adds something, he's still better than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. You and, know, it's like... And that's why I say Jimmy Butler has the talent to... Or not necessarily talent, but the, the, the grit and the work hard. We've seen Jimmy Butler be great. But that's why I say he's, he's high-end all-star. I don't want to put him on the superstar level. Or else right. he would be... Kawhi Leonard-ish, and if he was that superstar guy, he probably, you know, I think people would be a little more afraid of the Heat, but just the way the Heat was built, I think they respect the Heat, and we're getting a lot of respect this year, Um, so ultimately, I love to see it, I love the, the improvement, you know, typically, LeBron leaves an organization, and they're dumpster fire for, you know, a long time, like, just ultimately, he went to the Cavs, but it was, he left the Cavs. They're dumpster fire. They're going to be. He went back. They were great. They're going to be dumpster fire again probably the next 10 years, even if you think some of their prom, young talent is promising. Uh, he left the Heat. We were bad a couple years. We had to rebound from it. And then also, we, we ended up losing Bosch to the blood clots and things like that. But I got to give credit to Pat Riley and Eric Spolster. I think Eric Spolster is a great coach because typically a guy losing your, your best player on LeBron and then losing weight in retirement. You're probably not going to keep your job much longer if you don't have any other star players. Sure. So, so I do think he's a great coach, and I think Spolstra, maybe he wouldn't be a great coach everywhere. He fits the the culture of what the Heat do. So one final thing um, before we go is I, I want to talk the championship. I, I, I just want to hear ultimately who you have winning the championship in, in a seven-game series, how, how deep you think six or seven games. And, and so who's your championship pick? 
I'd say I'm about 70% positive the Lakers are going to win it. Um, I think LeBron's going to activate, I mean, attack mode here. I think he's just trying to get the confidence of everybody else around him. And I've said they've been my pick all year from the beginning. Um, I debated the Clippers all year, still debating them. There's a piece of me that wants to lean that way. I just don't believe in Paul George come clutch then, crunch then. Um, Marcus Morris has, hasn't been great against the Lakers. He hasn't made a damn shot against the Lakers, and I'm the biggest Marcus Morris fan there is. Yeah. He's been good against everybody else. He hasn't made one shot against the <laughs> Lakers in, like, four games. Uh, that And for a guy that could potentially be your third or fourth best player, a two-way player, uh, that, that ain't it. It's not getting it done. Um, Kyle Kuzma's coming around. He, he's looking really good. Um, so that's making my pick a lot more confident as well. And I have never – it's it's them or the Clippers are the only teams I'm looking at right now. And um, like I said, I mean, if the Rockets keep playing like this, then, I mean, they, there's a smidgen of belief in them and the Bucks. But playoff Giannis has never been regular season Giannis. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I've picked the Lakers from the beginning. Um, part of it is just a little bias of me being a LeBron James fan. I love right. my Heat. And I've always loved the Heat. Wade's my favorite player. But I'm a big LeBron fan, too, especially once he came to Miami. That it just made me love LeBron even more. And so I just think he's going to be able, as long as he stays healthy, continues to stay healthy, I do think there's one or two more seasons of activate playoff mode. And like you said, it's like he almost comes off as a little disappointed entering this bubble, but it's chess, not checkers with LeBron. He wants everybody to go into these playoffs confident, and it seems like it's working. Whether it's a win or loss, they're going to finish in the first seed, and they're going to play either Memphis or Portland or New Orleans, whoever gets that eighth seed. But LeBron is getting the the confidence up in Kuzma. LeBron is kind of it. Almost seems like he's telling AD, "You're the guy. I'm you're Batman. I'm Robin. I need you right. to be Batman. Come these playoffs." And you know he's trying to get Danny Green back in the rhythm. Danny Green's been out of rhythm even going into the shutdown. Danny Green wasn't himself. The- Dion and Jr. He's trying to activate them, and Dion's been looking pretty solid. I mean, it, LeBron's doing his thing, and like he did the same thing with the Cavs and letting Kyrie be the guy and score more points than him, take more shots than him. And I mean, he had the big games when he needed to in the playoffs. I mean, he was still Batman come playoff time, and um, when it really mattered. So yeah, that's that, why he's my pick. Yeah, that's my biggest thing, and and we know what LeBron does in the playoffs. Um, and ultimately, I think they have the best duo, and that just has a lot of that holds a lot of weight. You got two of the top five players, top seven, if you want to consider AD looking on the outside looking in as far as top five. So two of the top five, the seven players in the league, and I know the Clippers. The argument for the Clippers is how deep they are, and that could end up being a factor. But when we're in the playoffs, LeBron's playing forty minutes a night easily. AD's playing forty minutes a night. I, you know, ultimately, that's what it takes for LeBron to get to a championship. That's what it's always took is LeBron's going to play 40 minutes a night. So there's not too many times where LeBron's going to be off the floor. And I understand they're going to be able to have more fresh bodies with Lou Will and Trez coming off the bench. But LeBron knows what he's doing. It's chestnut checkers. So ultimately, I'm rocking with you on the pick. I, I'm not as confident as I was a few weeks ago when the NBA was returning. But I'm still going to rock with the Lakers and LeBron James. I just think he knows... He needs to get it done for the Lakers. Um, every great player to put on a Lakers uniform won a championship. And I think the passing of Kobe Bryant is still sitting on his mind. And I think ultimately, you know, that's that's kind of what he wants to do it for. 
bring bring joy to the city of LA because they need it, you know, the passing of Kobe Bryant and just solidify him in, in GOAT status. Um he may never be the GOAT in a lot of guys' eyes, and and that's fine. I understand Jordan six for six in the championship. And this championship may not, but it it'll solidify him for the disrespect of a guy saying he's the tenth, you know, Kenny Smith saying he's the tenth best player of all time. Crazy. Paul Pierce talking about he's not in his top five. Crazy. I know there's a little bit of hate between Pierce and LeBron, but just to have yeah. LeBron not in your top five players of all time is is disrespect. I understand no, Jordan's yeah. always going to be better. I, I understand that if if that's the way you think. But three three championships with three different teams, it'll just kind of fit the narrative that wherever LeBron goes, a championship is coming to there. And he knows he may be the greatest play, player to ever put on a Lakers uniform, but he's not going to be able to solidify that idea without winning a championship because Magic, Kareem, Kobe, and Shaq, you know, they've all won championships. Those are the greatest Lakers to ever do it. So I do know he feels that pressure. And to bring one for, you know, like I said, the passing of Kobe Bryant, Bring joy to the city of LA. It'll probably be a depressing slash exciting championship because the city of LA is gonna feel like they owe this championship to Kobe. LeBron's gonna feel like he had to put LA on his back for Kobe. So I do think that holds a lot of weight. And I think ultimately he'll be able to put his head down and go out there and win a championship. But I'ma wrap it up with that. Um I'm gonna let you tell us where we can follow you on social media, your podcast, you know, things like that where we can listen to you and continue to follow you. Appreciate you, Mo. Thanks for having me. It's been a good time here for sure. Um, really, it's, I'm just on Twitter. That's the only social media place you can find me. It's C-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. Uh, All Over Ball is Life is our podcast. Uh, mainly four seasons for SDNS. And now up and coming, The Noble and Roosh Show, which is R-O-O-S-H. Uh, that's getting out everywhere. You get podcasts really on Spotify mainly right now. Uh, but yeah, catch us on Ball is Life and everywhere there and um, always got great guests every week yeah man i appreciate you for being a guest man it's always good to just be able to talk sports especially basketball with anybody and especially somebody who's i'll say you know very knowledgeable and a little more knowledgeable than me knows knows what they're really talking about so it was definitely great to have you on as a guest i appreciate the opportunity and on that note up in flames is out